come here, get off. Hey, good people. We are back for another week of your favorite show. Today, we're talking to Glenice Kanara Moore, pronouns she and her. Glenice is the founder of Schemu Tech and the creator of the VDOM. The VDOM is the first app-connected prosthetic genital device that can go from flaccid to erect at the push of a button. An information security consultant by profession and an ambitious tech creative at night, Glenice is a self-proclaimed tech nerd, and she likes to say that her superpower is breaking apart many things to create new things. Yo, one of my questions was going to be, what's your superpower? You just ruined it. It's fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The VDOM is set to be available to consumers in the fall of 2021. So like now, by the time y'all listening to this, it's out. That's what's up. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay, so we're just going to jump right on in. What did baby Glenice want to be when she grew up? The crazy part is I wanted to be an architect, but I could not draw for shit. I could not draw anything. <laughs> I used to make these houses and be like, Mom, Dad, those just look great. And be like, you like 12 and this look like a mess. So, they were done with just telling you what yeah. you wanted to hear, buddy. Sincerely, sincerely. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, after I put that down, um, I definitely wanted to be a professional basketball player. I played basketball since I was five, all the way up to college, but I blew out both my knees. So then I had to pivot again, try to figure something else out. Um, and finally I chose the profession of marketing and PR. I did that for about four and a half years after leaving college and, uh, yeah, history is made after that. Yeah, I did marketing and PR too for a while. It's a burnout. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, well, Karen yeah, I mean, has the next question, question is how you get from there to here? How you get from that part? <laughs> that... Yeah, I'm like, how did you get yeah. made from there? Um, as we just mentioned, PR marketing, it takes a special person to be in it for longevity. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not special, clearly. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, about four and a half years. I mean, just in another yeah, way. Clearly. <laughs> Um, but four and a half years in, and, um, I was just over it. I did a complete career change. I thought I wanted to work in healthcare. I worked in healthcare operations for about, uh, five years and was like, you know what, let me stop being intimidated by what I really want to do, which was get into Mm. information security. So, um, I just took a leap. I knew somebody, I knew somebody, um, I was able to apply for a job that I was completely not qualified for. And words to white men. I White mean, people do it all the I time. Was like, Shit, everybody else doing it. I'm gonna do it too. So I got in there, learned what I need to learn, and just self taught all the way through. Made a career wow. out of it. That's wow. Cool. Yeah. So, what's your favorite thing about what you do? Um, it's a never ending story. Um, it's it's never a dull moment. It's mm-hmm. so interesting, and because technology is always at the speed of light, you know, with advancements. It's just never a dull moment. Um, and I'm a type of person that I like to learn constantly. I go on vacation, not to vacation, but to learn new cultures and eat new foods and learn new people. So I just like constantly like to learn. So that's probably With why I'm so attached to this. What did you say? I'm sorry, Carrie. What did you say? 
We could go nowhere together because I like to lay on a beach and eat. Yeah, I'd be like, girl, see they can Uber that shit to the beach. I know, right? It's so funny because my wife is the same way. Um, we like to get out, hit the streets, discover new stuff. That's good. But then one of our homeboys mm-hmm. who we travel with all the time, he just wants to stay at our, wherever our vacation house is by the pool for the entire week or two that we're there. So yes, I'm like, I feel like- that's my boot right there. <laughs> I respect those of you who want to explore and I think it is fantastic that you want to learn new cultures I just be so tired (laughs) yeah I feel like I mean for me I feel like that's rich people shit like you vacation enough where like right right I'm all relaxed so now I'm gonna go expose myself no I need to like this shit come around like the full not the full moon like Kaylee's Comet it ain't coming around too soon. So now that I'm out, let my ass sleep. Exactly. I feel you on that. To be honest, though, since I've started this company, it has changed a little bit. <laughs> like, dead ass. We went to Mexico um, maybe back in April, March or April. My wife made me go on a vacation because I've been mm-hmm. working seven days a week mm-hmm. around the clock for two and a half years now since I started this project. So she made me go on a vacation and... We did not leave that house one day out of the entire week that we were there. That was the first time right? ever. Good. First time ever. Okay. You did, it sounds like. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> and he came back refreshed and ready to tackle more of the V-Dom. Um, she really kept working while on vacation every time she would take a nap, so. <laughs> I hope you listening and you hear this mess. <laughs> I hope you <laughs> sincerely sincerely but that's my secret maybe it's out now but yeah okay so what's the most challenging thing about what you do um the most challenging thing is honestly learning as i go so if we're talking about you know vdom and the product business um it's definitely learning as i go um i am not an engineer by trade and well not by anything um but (laughs) By spirit. By spirit alone. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a chemist. And I've had to learn a little bit about all of these things. And then on top of that, um, I am had to learn, you know, how to be a CEO. I wasn't a CEO before. Um, never been one before. Didn't go to business school. So I had to learn all these things as I went. And as I'm banging my head against the wall, I had to learn and pivot, learn and pivot. I didn't have time to cry about it. I didn't have time to oh, go read a book or go to school or take a class. So that's probably been the most challenging thing. It's like, and then the ups and downs. One in the morning time, you can get some great news. And by noon, it's like all hell has broken loose. So uh, yeah, that that part, it's emotionally draining. Okay. Would you <laughs> Would you change anything about the way that you did it? Oh, for sure. There's so many things I probably would have done differently if I would have known better. Um, for one, I, I joke about this all the time, but a lot of people who say that they're going to start a biz- business or be an entrepreneur, first thing they do is go get a domain. Second thing they do is go get a t-shirt and a logo. They do all this shit that yep. is so fucking irrelevant to like what you really need to do to get from point <laughs> A to, you know, Z. So mm-hmm. there's so many things I would have done different at the beginning. I started marketing and all this shit before I even finished my mm-hmm. product. Like just so much shit like that I just was so unnecessary because I thought it was the way and the steps to do certain things um, because I was always on the opposite side of the table, not this side. So I just did a lot of shit wrong. 
<laughs> a lot. But <laughs> then those things are already done. So then yeah. we gotta do them later. Yeah. Now that so is a true statement. I'd rather have known in the beginning than, you know, be at year two right now, getting ready to go to market and still learning, you know, small rookie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah exactly so yeah yeah so sure. you know we talk about sex on this show so we're wondering what was the prevailing <laughs> attitude about sex in your home growing up uh that's so funny i answered this question the other day and um my family of course i i mentioned i grew up in alabama so good old-fashioned south bible belt um and my family is, I was the only one actually born in Alabama out of my other two siblings. Everybody else is from Mississippi and New Orleans. So let's get even more deeper south. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. both sides. So, <laughs> We're going right. to double down exactly. on the south. <laughs> wow. My mom's side is from Alabama. My dad's side is from Mississippi. That is, I'm understanding. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You already know where I'm going with this. Yes. Um, so half of the family is super religious quote unquote. The other half is um off the chain. Um so that's pretty much how my parents were. But mm. not the whole total religious part, but my dad was a little bit more conservative. My mom was like, like it, y'all gonna have to learn someday. Um so she would be the one to say certain things or and my dad would cringe like, oh why did you say that? She'd be like, you know what you did last night? And he's like, oh my God, don't say that to the kids. <laughs> This is the kind of household that I grew up in. So to be honest, it leaves a mark on you regardless mm-hmm. of the fact because you have, you know, this one person who you look up to saying, no, don't say those types of things. Don't display certain behaviors. And then you have this other person who's a complete opposite saying, hey, nah, let it all hang out. You need to know now before you learn in a, in a terrible way later. So mm-hmm. that was the dynamic growing up in our house and. It was it was just so funny because even content certain content that was left around. I remember we found a me and my sister found a massage sensual massage book with all these naked pictures in it. We were so excited. <laughs> we were like, whose book is this? Like, which one of y'all did it? You know, what I'm like, and it was actually my dad's book. So it was it was just weird and interesting and confusing at the same damn time. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, but you said it leaves a mark on you. I'm wondering, like, how do you think that impacts? the way you move through the world and how does it impact your work right because heck yeah 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 um had a huge impact it had a huge impact on especially for um someone who identifies as a lesbian woman um it took me years to come out and actually be who I was first Mm -hmm. and foremost but when I finally actually came out and started to come into my own from a sexuality standpoint it then took a years for me to actually get in tune with my body sexually and understand what I liked, what I didn't like. I was trying to find um, conforming boxes to fit in, you know, from a sexuality perspective, because I felt like I was wrong already for being a lesbian woman. So it was just so many dynamics and it goes back to, again, don't say certain things, don't do certain things, don't display certain types of behavior. But at the same time, something in me was just like, nah, fuck that. Like, be who you are. Be yourself. So, again, it was by my two parents. Mm-hmm. And those were, like, the impacting things. And mm-hmm. parents have no idea how they fuck up their kids sometimes. No. <laughs> <laughs> listen to everything, right? You listen to everything. Shit in passing. You know, yeah. It was like, damn. It's just shit in passing, right? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I, and it just, I mean, shit. it took until I was, like, maybe... 25 26 27 before i actually really truly started to embrace myself 
Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started to create this product that I really just said, fuck it and let go. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So about this product, when Kenry and I were, when we first read the book, we were like, okay, we need someone to, we need to talk to someone that combines sex and tech. So then we went down our rabbit holes. I'm telling you, our Google searches are wild. But anyway, <laughs> We found you in this amazing ass technology, which is so fucking cool. So explain it. Tell us about it. Brag on yourself a bit. Yes. I shit. I, the way I feel this morning, I'm about to do that shit today. Yes. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but seriously, basically, uh the VDOM is we call it an app connected prosthetic genital device. That is because we're trying to make sure that all the ears that hear it actually hear it and don't get caught up on what exactly it is and what it does. Um, And then also because we see it as a lifestyle product and not just a sex toy so or pleasure product. So, um, but basically, long story short, it is a spin on a traditional strap-on. Instead of just having a one-size-fits-all, one-phase one motion um, device. We created um, a device that included the implementation of electronics into a traditional strap-on. So you now have the ability to go from flaccid, soft to hard um, with the push of a button. And we uh, app connected it because one of the nuances we were trying to kill with traditional strap-ons is the fact that it's so awkward. It's so incredibly awkward. Mm -hmm. Um, Putting one together will... I guess assembling one, um, wearing it, it's just so many awkward things with it. We try to take all the awkward pieces out of it. So um, we didn't want people having to put their hands in their pants to flip a switch. Mm-hmm. So we were like, you know mm-hmm. what? 90% of the time, even during intimate moments, people have their cell phones in their mm-hmm. hands in some form or fashion. They change the music. They are peeping over when they get a little bored. Like there's so many, 90% of the time. <laughs> So we were like, like, let's just make a um, remote control on a mobile app and call it a day. So that's pretty much what it is. It is electronic form. (laughs) You were so dope that like you even, that you were like, we're going to do this thing. I mean, we might as well make an app. Like who the fuck does that? Especially (laughs) with a fucking marketing and PR background. Like, yeah, you're dope as fuck. Like this is amazing. Yes. And y'all, like, when you go to the site, I love that the default is the black one. Oh, yeah. Yes! Because, oh, sure. you know, folks be trying to pander, and they, you know, white is mainstream, whatever the fuck bullshit, because white supremacy. And I was like, look at that black strap. What's your front and center? <laughs> first, we first had the first images come out. It was actually um, a white colored uh, version, but that was mm. because the background was dark and we wanted to mm. make sure that it illustrated, you were able to see the motion of the actual device because it was 3D. Oh. It wasn't because we were trying to, you know, do anything crazy. <laughs> I said it. I was like, "What? That ain't got shit to do with it. I'm a whole black ass woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't got shit to do with shit. You know? But it was just right. literally lighting contrast. Uh, well, yeah. listen, my black ass was very happy to see that the black was not the alternate color because so very often oh, no. that's how things are presented, right? Yeah. The white is the mm-hmm. default, and I was like, "Yes, yeah, no. the default. No, yeah. when we yeah." 
started testing our silicones, um, the first thing we started with was making sure that we had the best pigmentation for Black mm. people um, first, honestly. Um, and then we worked our way back. Um, and it was... <laughs> I ain't even gonna say that. Yeah, I'm gonna say that shit. Um, it was yes. so funny because when we got to like the white pigmentation, it was so hard to figure this shit out. Like I had my one of our engineers, I'm like, man, I'm so sorry, bro, but I need to put this shit up against your skin so I can work this out because... He was just like, no, because I can't figure it out in the opposite end. And I'm like, see, okay, cool. Let's do it. We all got to know what we can do. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> sure. exactly. So can we talk about, so I, I think when I first read about this, when Erica found the article during our search, it talked about the, the applications of use for, you know, folks who, who don't have an appendage who want to use one. Mm-hmm. Um. But also, I'm thinking about, like, the broader audience that can use this. And can we talk about, like, the applications of this for disabled folks? Absolutely. Um, This is probably, honestly, one of the proudest things that I am happy about with this product is because, um, you know, it's always said if you don't have to be in someone's shoes or be, um, if you haven't lived a certain type of lifestyle, you have no clue about it. Or, and it doesn't come to your mind, you know, at the forefront when you are doing certain things, whether it's baking a cake or, you know, um, making cookies. Um, so I actually, when I was going through the research process and really understanding, you know, like what the market is for this product, I was strictly focused on the LGBT community. But when I started to do more and more research, I started getting all these emails from people with disabilities who were just like, oh my gosh, I need this because I have this. Or, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I've been trying to find something like this because I have a spinal cord injury and it's I can't have sex with my wife like I usually would, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, holy shit, I didn't even think about this. So I actually pulled in a consultant who specifically is disabled themselves and all they do is um, provide consulting work for sex toy, sex, um, sex companies. We had the greatest conversation and I was like, whoa, this, there is a whole different, you know, group that needs this product. Um, so let me do a little bit more digging. And the more and more digging that I did, the more and more I started to reshape how the product is actually built. Mm -hmm. Um, so that it could be a really viable solution for those who have physical disabilities. And right now, um, we have men, women, heterosexual, lesbian, queer, it doesn't matter, that need this product because they have a physical disability or they've had genital injuries. Didn't realize how many people actually had genital injuries. There's Mm. tons, tons. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, so we asked you on the show because we read this book, Stiff, and it features this woman who uses technology to connect with sex partners. It's a lot more than just like Tinder but (laughs) a lot more uh, sophisticated than that. So she visits a sex club and they use tech to kind of make the check-in and the process of connecting seamless. So what makes sex and tech excellent partners? Because um, I I say this, this is my own personal opinion, but just like um, technology is always advancing, humans coming into their own sexuality and coming into what they, what truly pleasures them 
it's starting to change mm-hmm. as well. It's starting to become more advanced. People are being more vocal about it. So I think that they're interlined with, okay, now there is a whole different aspect of life that can now attach to technology. And the other piece of that is, is that technology fits in every single thing, every single thing that we do on this earth, whether we're going to the bathroom or whether we're going mm-hmm. through a line in a cafeteria, technology is influencing in some form or fashion in that way. So why not with sex? And it's now finally starting to be the intersect. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, I mean, this kind of builds on that. Um, you know, as Erica was saying in the book, they have these tablets and things to help them along. And Eric and I have both been to sex clubs and we're like, yo, this shit would actually be really dope if this is what oh, they were yeah. instead of these little uh, ashy places yeah. that we didn't been to. <laughs> no, yes. But I'm wondering like for you as someone who was really um, sitting at that intersection of sex and tech, what does the future of that look like to you? Like in your wildest dreams? Um, for sure, remote sex um, mm-hmm. is definitely going to be a hitter. It showed us and during COVID, it spiked the sex tech industry by 155% alone um, wow. for purchases because of remote sex. And it's being taken to a whole different world, which to me is actually a good thing because you're reducing a lot of risk that's associated with more so in-person sex because people are seeking their pleasures. But if you have this more remote world, you can still seek those pleasures. They're just remote now. So I think remote um, sex is going to be definitely the future for us. Um, and specifically with what I'm working with, it's more connected to teledodonics, um, if you're familiar with that. But basically, it's just teledodonics is basically just remote devices that could be controlled by someone who's in a different area or different place. It's the connection via Wi-Fi. Um, So I think that that is truly going to be the future. And it's actually um, a piece that's the future of the VDOM as well. We're already working on technology for it. Um, So, yeah, I think that that's probably going to be number one for sure. Okay. So um, how does being a Black lesbian affect uh, impact the way you work you approach your work um two-sided coin um one is uh i mean it was created out of necessity for me i wanted to be able to have sex anytime anywhere with my wife so um and as a lesbian woman we use strap ones all the time within our bedroom and it was just like hey let's take the thing that we could use outdoors and let's just make sure that's better um, the other side of it, though, is it is absolutely fucking hilarious to set up a meeting with a VC, walk through the door, and say, hey, I'm trying to make the most incredible dick ever. <laughs> so you could just imagine, you know, how many layers of shit I got to get through, yeah. you know, with this conversation and in getting their minds to just focus on the business instead of the fact that there is a lesbian black woman sitting in front of you saying that she's trying to make the best penis in the world. So Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. those those are the two folds for sure. Yeah. I mean, that actually plays into our next question, which is going to say like, there are not a lot of black women in tech. There's definitely not a lot of black women or gender nonconforming folks for that matter in sex tech like what is your experience being one of the few yeah i know um all of them <laughs> <laughs> you're like we got it <laughs> <laughs> um 
Life real We got a text group. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the first piece of it. Um, but uh, I think I truly, I'm not going to say I think, I know for a fact that the way each one of us have entered into this industry and that we come, I mean, we're so, we're diverse with even our blackness and it's so dope because each one of us have a whole group of people behind us that are black or, you know, lesbian, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. um, older, younger, um, women or, you know, people of color that are coming behind them that are saying, Oh, okay. She's 60 years old and she's in this and she's in this industry and she's doing great. And it's awesome. She's got a whole bunch of other 60, 50 year old women that are coming behind her saying, shit, let me get into this. You got somebody else that is, you know, um, 22 years old and, is a sex blogger and really sex blogs on, you know, technology and the intersection between sex and tech. And now she has a whole bunch of 20 year olds coming behind her saying like, shit, let me get into this. And the same thing for me, I have a whole bunch of lesbians who are looking like, damn, I've been what I've been talking about this product for years. Didn't know where to start. Now they know where to start. So it's a whole bunch that's going to come behind me. So I think that, you know, even though it's like 11 of us right now in the world, um, I think that this is definitely going to be the catalyst for, you know, for really carving out the path. The future looks bright to me. That's saying a lot. Good. So what needs to change to get more queer black folks in that room? Like, um, I think it comes down to like any, any type of company, if you're creating products or um, if you're creating any type of solution for a certain person or a certain group of people, that person needs to be represented at the table, at the decision-making um, space and hire people that reflect who you're trying to sell to, period and point blank. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, mm-hmm. I think it's just more, is more so about representation. Right. So you okay. told us, well, we said in your bio that um, your superpower is breaking apart shit to create new shit. What does that mean to you? I am a super nerd. Um, even approaching creating a VNOM, um, I actually was looking at a remote control, looked at the PCB board on that, which is basically the motherboard, looked at that and I was like, damn, I wonder if I could connect this to this HDMI cable. Like it didn't go down like that. But I just, you know, took a, I was just looking around the room and was like, how can I make this happen? And it was just by being able to say, okay, this functions like this. I wonder, can I take that type of technology put it in here. It needs to be super small. So then I need to go find this piece. And that's how we approached it, you know, um, with my engineering team. I took them the first draft and they were like, how did you do this? You didn't go to school for engineering. I'm like, man, look through some books and look around the room. So, and that's honestly, that's, that's my nerdism. Sincerely. My wife is always like, why do you think like that? I don't know. (laughs) Right. Um, so, what are you reading right now? Um, I have a few. Well, I just finished two. And I know a lot of people might give me shit about one of them. But um, one of them is Hustle um, Harder, not, no, Hustle Smarter, Not Harder by 50 Cent. Everybody hates 50 Cent's guts, especially right about now. He's an asshole. He is, <laughs> he's a pickle. Um, but the dude is a genius <laughs> as a businessman. He is a genius <laughs> as a businessman. 
Um, and that's the only reason I read the book because I know what type of business person he is. And I was just wanting to, you know, peel back some layers in his brain. And I read his book and the shit was amazing. Like I, I could read it three more times to be honest from a business perspective. I will say that wow. I know folks, I know folks who worked with him on that book and who have worked with him in general. And they're like, that troll shit is whatever. But he, his, he actually really has his shit together and he's really um, easy to work with. So yeah, I believe for it. what it's I worth. It. He's a totally, yeah. different, wow. he's a totally yeah. different person. And you can see it on the pages of his book. Um, he, know, he knows what the hell he's doing. Yes. So that's the annoying part. Um, but one other book that I'm reading also, uh, I just started reading this one. It's called Algorithms of Oppression um, by Sophia Moja mm-hmm. Noble. Um, but basically it's about, um, (laughs) which is a hot topic right now, but it's about how the algorithms and certain types of technology are discriminatory against people of color. Um, Mm. so Facebook was just thrown into the fire again because, uh, it's face recognition, um, technology tried to recommend, you know, seeing more black men as monkeys. So um, she pretty much talks about, you know, these types of discrepancies and especially because the government is starting to try to use facial recognition, um, you know, technology, it heightens at heightened um, levels right now. They're so biased. You, why would you take this as a government, you know, as a government tool when it's so biased and it's so incorrect? So that's what she pretty much talks about in her book. So, yeah. Because uh, the government wants to do what it's always done, and exactly, he's biased to <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Government's gonna government. Exactly. Lord have mercy. Ugh. So, Glenice, what is turning you on today? Um. Well, let's see. How? Um. I was about to say something wrong, probably. So I'm gonna just skip that. Um. <laughs> It's There's nothing no, wrong on this show. Ain't nothing wrong over here. <laughs> well, like, okay, well then, honestly, the first thing that came to my mind is that my wife bought these new pair of panties. And I, my wife doesn't wear panties first off, okay? Like, she doesn't wear panties. <laughs> it, I think it's so weird because I'm like, oh my gosh, you cannot do that. She's like, Mm-mm. fuck that, I've been wearing panties since I was nine. That's my friend. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but she bought these new pair of panties. She only sleeps in them. And they were, they were just awesome. She woke up this morning and I woke up and I was just like, those are some great panties. And she, yeah. Anyway, so that's the first thing that came to my mind. My bad. Um, Bitch, you apologize. Well, that's, that's great. A great thing. Because it's so random. No, yeah, that's it's a great so thing. That's, that is why we <laughs> asked that question. That is why it, we asked that shows, question. So I, it, it I love it. There are so many different things that can turn us on at any point in any given day. And then everybody is different and you could be different today than you are tomorrow. And yeah, no. yeah. that was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> love it. Good. Okay. So a quick lightning round is going to be either or. Okay. Okay. Uh, Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Um, music or podcast? Music. Bath or shower? <laughs> shower for sure. I hate taking showers. I hate taking baths, period. I do. Um. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, you talking about just in general? Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> but it's not but your today, favorite thing. But I think it's the most inconvenient bullshit ever on earth. That is a true <laughs> statement. Yeah. You stand by it? <laughs> stand by that shit. Because you like in your groove, you like, I really oh, gotta go, gotta go, go wash my hands. I gotta get wet. I gotta throw out a towel and some soap, all the shit. Like, who got time for that shit? I gotta dry off. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I understand. <laughs> I, yeah, that was a nerve. <laughs> that's how I, so I have eczema. So that's how I feel about the fact that I now have to sit in lotion because I can't just be, I can't be ashy and I be itchy. So I legit have to every time. It's like a whole situation. So I do understand. Whole, stitch. whole inconvenience <laughs> stitch. You gotta do it. You, you have to. <laughs> I need okay. y'all to listen to us. You have to. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's it's fine. Um, okay, so movies at home or in the theater? Ooh, movies at home for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, last one: beer or wine. Beer. Or water. Oh, okay. Right. Definitely beer. Fuck wine. Okay. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, no, seriously. Beer. Are you a fancy beer drinker? Are you like, it has to have an IPA with the such and such, or will you no. drink Bud Light like me? Mm. She like, not that far. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not even going to front, though. Like, and the only reason I stopped drinking this beer is because it was just like making me look like damn near pregnant on a regular basis and I was mm-hmm. nowhere near pregnant. But Ice House, that was my junk beer that I loved for some <laughs> I, love- <laughs> I was I've heard of Ice House, but I never had it. No, uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> nope, you, you don't uh-huh. I said I'm not even gonna give you shit about Ice House <laughs> Ice House is like Ice house to beer is tang to orange juice. Oh, yeah, that's a that was a good one. That was a good one. That was a really good description. She's yeah. really good at analogies. Yeah, that's excellent. That was a good can't one. do math, that- but I can do an analogy. <laughs> you and me both. It's cool. Join the club. <laughs> can't count her shit. Bitch, you the damn engineer over here, or the tech What's guy, the engineer by spirit. My spirit. Okay. I got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got it. I got it. <laughs> so the question is, what's next for you? But we know, like, VDOM is coming. VDOM is coming. We are just weeks away. They are actually, we finally made it into production. Um, mm-hmm. We were supposed to be in production in April, and all hell broke loose. Um, lessons learned, but we pivoted. Um, we're in production now and we are just a few weeks away and we are already starting to work on the technology for the next versions um, of the VNOM because there's right now there's actually four in the pipeline. So wow. the version that's coming out Ooh. now is a base version. Um, and then we're adding some stimu- stimulation for the primary user. Um, and then we're all, we're actually adding some more stimulation for um, the external user or the secondary user. And um and then we're off we're actually adding some more things to the mobile app as well. So um and then there's we there's the future of VDOM that's even more so. 
I really, again, love technology. And one of the things I've been fascinated by is um, brain computer interfaces. So mm-hmm. after, you know, really talking with the disability community and talking with consultants, I really, really want to go deeper into the world of prosthesis and, um, and technology and see how we can combine the two to give people who don't even have certain stimulation pieces stimulation by just connecting, you know, the technology to their brain via sensors, via, um, you know, just different types of technology. So that's, that's the true depth of VDOM. And I I can't wait for that piece. Just gotta, gotta get it out there first. So. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So where will people be able to find VDOM? So um, as of right now, in the first six months of the release of the product, it can only be purchased from our website, which is www.thevdom.com. And we are currently just now starting to have conversations with retail outlets and distributors um, and seeing if we're going to open that door. As of right now, um, it's a little bit further in the future. So only through our website. Right. So the VDOM, so the T-H-E-V-W-O-M. Nope. W. Listen. Listen. Okay. Okay. Stop it. It's T H E V D O M dot com. You got it. Okay. Okay. That was hard. Lord have mercy. I ain't even gonna do the next part. Tell people where you are on Twitter and IG and Facebook. For sure. Um on IG, you can find us at the T-H-E dot VDOM, V-D-O-M um, on IG. And then on Twitter and Facebook, you can find us at, uh, at VDOM ATO. Dope. Okay. okay. Y'all go follow, find more information, get your junk as soon as it's available. I feel like we're at the beginning of like some really big shit. So just remember you, you heard about the VDOM on the turn on exactly yeah for sure, for sure. Just i'm like the cousin that showed up yeah. at the end don't forget us <laughs> I did. we out here like we did something I did. I did. yo but on that note thank you so much for coming on the show we had a ball appreciate y'all for having me seriously uh-huh fun times hey and thank all y'all for listening that is it for this week's episode of the turn on uh we'll be back next week yeah yeah bye bye see ya this episode was produced by us kenry and erica and edited by ballistic the theme music is from brazy hit subscribe right now in your favorite podcast app and at youtube.com slash the turn on podcast so you'll never miss an episode then follow us on twitter at the turn on pod and instagram at the turn on podcast and you can find links to books transcripts guest info what's turning us on and other fun stuff at the turn on podcast.com and don't forget to email us at the turnonpodcast at gmail.com with your book recommendations and your pressing sex and related questions. And you can support the show by leaving us a five-star review, buying some merch, or becoming a patron of the show. Just head to the turnonpodcast.com to make that happen. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Holla.